Good people, good people, good people. T. Scott checking in with you, man, a.k.a. Champ. I got my man Shane Larson on the line, man, from the Game Time Guru. Shane, tell him what's up, man. What's going on, everybody? Shane Larson, like uh, Tyrone said, Shane Larson, the Game Time Guru. Just happy to be on the show and talk sports with you today, man. Yeah, so me and Shane, um, you know, obviously met through the Anchor app, and uh, we've kind of been a part of a couple different discussions here and there. And uh, we decided to get together and just kind of chop it up with you guys and uh, and so much. So, Shane, tell the people a little bit about who you are, man, where you're from, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, yeah, my name is Shane. Uh, I'm from Boise, Idaho, up here in the northwest. Uh, Boise State Bronco alum. So, yeah, the blue turf, the Smurf turf, that's what we're known for up here. I've uh, been into sports. I've <laughs> been into sports my entire life. Just uh, been around them, been competing in them my entire life. But, yeah. Um, graduated with a degree in communication and my, my, my passion is to be a sports analyst. So that's kind of what my focus has been. So yeah, as well as doing like podcasts here, like I do one on anchor, I do one on iTunes. Um, I also do play by play announcing for some high school football, uh, around here in the Valley where I live. So yeah, sports is my passion, man. And that's what I'm doing. Good deal. Good deal. And for those that'll hear me on Shane station, I am uh Tyrone Scott. Currently residing in North Carolina, born and raised Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, over here on the East Coast, um, um, if you guys are familiar with Wake Forest, we're in the same city as Wake Forest. I actually went to Winston-Salem State University, which is also in Winston-Salem. We've got a ton of ACC schools out here, as you may know. Uh, NC State, Duke University, uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Um, there's a ton of them out here. So we're, we're on the East Coast, and um, – I'm a huge fan of sports in general as well. I pretty much grew up playing a lot of the popular sports, football, basketball, ran track, played Little League baseball. So I'm a, just a fan of sports, man. And just like probably a million other people, man, we like to sit around and talk about sports, right? You know, we look at the people on Sports Center or different uh, ESPN shows or Fox shows, whatever the case may be, we sit around and we talk about the uh, sports just like them. So uh, kind of like Shane said, just kind of doing it on my own and be finishing up and, and starting my own podcast thing pretty soon. So that's a small introduction, people. Um, again, I got my main Shane, my main Shane Larson from the Game Time Guru on here, man, and we're just gonna get into it, man. So um, Shane, let's talk NBA, man. So so you're a Utah Jazz fan, correct? Yes, sir. Right, and I'm I'm a Boston Celtics fan, but right now. Uh, the the Cleveland Cavaliers are the hottest topic in the uh, in the NBA, man. What you think about that situation, man, and the addition of Derrick Ro- Derrick Rose? Will they? My opinion, personally, I don't think they get better. And um, if they lose Kyrie, I think they'll kind of digress a little bit, um, just for what Kyrie was able to give you and what D Rose hasn't been able to give you. So, man, what you, what you think about that situation going on in Cleveland right now, man? Man, that is a difficult situation for sure, man. Um, here's the thing. The Cavaliers organization, the the front office is a joke, and it has been for a while, but it's it's such a difficult thing to have LeBron on your team. It's a great – it's a blessing, but it's also very difficult. And, I, I mean, let's, let's talk about Derrick Rose, right? You mentioned him. His addition, whether or not Kyrie stays, which he's probably not, as we know, but – I actually like the addition of Derrick Rose. I think the fact that they got him for, you know, $2.1 million 
is just phenomenal. The guy still scored 18 points a game last year in, in an offense that doesn't even favor the point guard. Um, so the fact that he scored 18 points a game with the Knicks and he shot 47% from the field, I still think he's got something to give. Uh, I watched him quite a bit, and I've, I've said this a few times. I, I like the Knicks because of Melo. I'm one of the few that actually does like Carmelo Anthony. So I enjoy his game. So I still follow him where he goes. And I watched the Knicks quite a bit last year. And, man, Derrick Rose, like, on any given night, like, he can he can match you. Like, a lot of the times that, like, when he played Kyrie and when he, he played the top point guards in the league, he still he still is athletic and he still takes it to him. He can get to the rack. He can finish. The only thing that's struggling is his jump shot, and I think a lot of that has to do with his knees. He doesn't have the legs under him like he used to, but he never really had a great jumper to begin with. So, I don't know. I like the Cavs getting in in regards to Derrick Rose. I don't know if they get better, but I definitely don't think they get worse uh, because I think that LeBron can go off the floor and Derrick Rose can still you know, run the offense and distribute the ball, whereas Kyrie was a one-dimensional player, straight up just a pure scorer, uh, averaged almost six assists a game, and that's not good for a point guard. So, I mean, I think I think D Rose will be a good addition. I I just see him being stagnant next year, not necessarily improving or you know getting worse. I got you, I got you, and I, and I I kind of had mixed feelings about it as well. Definitely, if if Kyrie stays, which again a lot of people don't think he will, um, I definitely think they probably would have gotten a little better just for the simple fact you know Derrick Rose was a former MVP and. Um, he, he's explosive. You know, a lot of people, you know, say that was Russell Westbrook before Russell, Russell Westbrook. And obviously with the injuries and whatnot, you definitely don't play the same, um, you know, with, with previous injuries as, as you did before. So I'm curious to see how it'll play out. And another big thing, my concern was if he, is he going to want to win, you know, like, like, is he going to want to win? You know, obviously everybody knows about the injuries, but, um, you know, will he show up the games? Will he just up and leave? You know, how committed will he be? I think that is somewhat going to be a concern, at least in my mind. Now, now what I do agree is and when you play with LeBron, I think LeBron, you know, does a real good job at uh, making sure everybody is on the right page of like, hey, it's only one goal here, man, and that's to get to, you know, the NBA Finals. Clearly, LeBron has been there seven, you know, eight, seven straight years. So I think people knowing that understand that that's the goal, but I just want to know how committed he, he will be. And you're right, D-Rose been able to be a little bit more of a facilitator than Kyrie. I think that'll help the team, but just the pieces around. I think they still obviously will need uh, a couple more pieces to help them, obviously, to beat Golden State. You know, everybody's looking at Golden State. Like, how can we beat Golden State? Now, this good to win your, you know, division and obviously get out of the Eastern Conference. But, you know, that monster they got over there in, uh, you know, Golden State with those MVPs, KD and Steph and, you know, Draymond and, you know, Clay been able to go for 30 and a quarter on you at any given time. <laughs> that's going to be uh, that's going to be a tall task. So I think ultimately I, I'm curious. I, I really want to see how it's going to play out, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. With that being said, you think Kyrie gets traded before the season starts next year? And if so, where to, man? You think they'll try to send him to a designate his preferred place, or will they try to shake up something and, and send him somewhere that you know he might not want to go to? Yeah, that's that's a really good question, and this is what I think. Just. Just checking into it, I think that uh, they definitely trade him before the season. They they need to. They have to. There's no way you let him cause more drama when the season starts. And 
you know LeBron. LeBron wants to get rolling. So he's already, you know, reports are saying he's, he's already practicing in Vegas with, with D. Rose, getting some shots up, and Eric Bledsoe for that matter, which will bring me to my next point. But I think they get rid of him before the season starts for sure. And honestly, this is where I think if they play their cards right, I think they can improve from last year if they can bring in the right additions. Uh, the, the trade that they had talking with, you know, there's been so many trade rumors, so it's hard to even believe any of them anymore. Like, the media just pipes things up, and, like, you can't even believe one thing. But, like, like the Phoenix Suns, if they could truly get Bledsoe, and I guess they had a Josh Jackson package to bring him over there. I'm not as excited about Josh Jackson. He's young. He's athletic. That's great. But, like, I'm talking about Bledsoe. If you can bring Bledsoe in uh, to help out, take some pressure off of D. Rose as well, um, they both can run an offense. I think that's huge. So I, I honestly see him going to to Phoenix. I really do. I thing is though, is like the T Wolves also have some good packages coming. Issue is, do the Cavs need another point guard to help out? Like I don't think Felder's gonna gonna get the playing time, so they're gonna be looking for a point guard to come in with D Rose to help out. And I don't know. I don't think. I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the T Wolves they had the Wiggins package, but if they were gonna put Teague in that same package. They had to wait till the middle of the season or something. He's not tradable until the middle of the year. So if they're trying to trade him, I see him going to Phoenix where they can get Bledsoe, get a, get a point guard immediately, and then get a young prospect like Josh Jackson because they probably know they're going to be going into rebuild mode in, in about a year. So. Okay, okay. That, that'll be, uh, like I say, interesting to see how that plays out. Interesting you say Phoenix other than some of the teams. Obviously, you know, he wanted to go. T-Wolves, I think, would be a good good fit as well, but I don't, you know, not, not sure if their management would want to make that call without losing, you know, just as much, you know, kind of putting you in the same position. And you know, Kyrie is a great player, like, but I feel like, you know, if he goes to the West, it's going to be even harder for them to, you know, climb that ladder. You know, you, I know Kyrie, you know, from the outside looking in, sounds like he he wants to be the man, you know, and he also wants to win, but it definitely doesn't get any easier going over to the West. Um, oh, absolutely not. Competing with, with the additions, you know, with with the Rockets, obviously the Spurs, you got Golden State, um, you know. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be curious to see how that how that plays out um, and and where they send them. So, good deal, man. And hopefully our teams, man, Utah and um, – you, well, your team, Utah, and my, my boys, the Celtics, man, hopefully we'll uh, – We'll do a little bit more damage this year as well, too. I, I mean, I think everybody pretty much knew um, as far as the Celtics goes, man. Um, you know, it, it was the Cavs and, and everybody else, regardless of a, the seat and the, how it went. Obviously, I think everybody knew we weren't really going to do too much damage. I had some buddies telling me, you know, why beat the Wizards if you're just going to go to the next round and lose, you know? So, <laughs> uh but at the same time, it's all about winning, man. One step closer than another team, whatever the case may be. And um, with the trades we made, you know, uh, well, not the trade, but with the with the uh, draft of Jason Tatum and Gordon coming over, I think it'll help us out. Um, it'll be a little bit more challenging, obviously, than it was last year, obviously, with Kyrie, if he leaves, potentially, and seeing how that plays out. So I'm looking forward to the NBA um NBA season as well, you know, the summertime and, and this prime time when all the trades and stuff goes on. So I think everybody's excited about that. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So NFL, man. So let's jump into that, man. That's that's actually my favorite sport. I love the game. 
Um, who's your favorite NFL team, man? Ooh, I'm bleeding blue and silver, baby. Dallas Cowboys, man. I've been bleeding blue and silver since I was in the womb. Okay, okay. So you must have some family that were previous Dallas Cowboys fans. Absolutely, man. It runs it runs through the family. I got you, I got you. So what you think about your Cowboys, man? They got a lot going on over there, as they always usually do. They had a great <laughs> season last year with Dak and, and Zeke balling out, the two rookies. Uh, you think they can repeat that, man? Or, you know, with Dez showing up late? For the uh, for summer camp, and uh, I think it was McFadden that just flat out missed the plane. I believe. What you think about what's going on with Dallas, man? Man, the the headlines that keep popping up, it's frustrating. Uh, it's just it's an ongoing cycle. But the the thing is, I think a lot of this stuff happens to most teams, but the Cowboys have the magnifying glass on them right now, especially with the Ezekiel Elliott situation that went on and. All of the situations, I should say. That's plural because there's been many. Um, yeah, they've got the magnifying glass on them. So, like, obviously, like, Des Bryant shows up late, you know, and he's he's been battling sickness. He's been battling migraines. But all the headlines say is he shows up late. And then he did all the stuff. Like, everything is blown out of proportion. Uh, either way, whether it's validated or not, it's frustrating as a fan to watch. So, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of kind of over that. I'm sick of it. But – once they get down and play, like just watching their training camp last two days, they, they seem like everyone's excited, everyone's playing well. I think once the season comes around, my expectations, I'm not expecting us to go 13-3. and three. Um, I would like, I'd be happy if we got 11 wins. And we're going to have a tougher schedule this year. And uh, the Giants have reloaded. And so that's what, what bothers me. The Giants have always had our number. But the thing is, is now like the Giants can always beat the Cowboys or at least play them tough. Now the Giants can beat the Cowboys and win a few extra games too. But thing is, is I don't I don't mind if we win eleven games, get into the playoffs. I think we cause matchup problems for a lot of people. My question though, Tyrone, is how our defensive backfield is going to do. We got rid of a lot of guys, a lot of veterans, and we drafted a lot of young guys. So we've got a little bit of a mixture back there. We've got like three rookies that are probably going to get some significant playing time. So. That's going to be that's going to be the major question whether or not like they can grow quickly because if not, you might see the Cowboys with a an 0 and 3 or a 1 and 4 1 and 3 start if their secondary can't figure it out. So hopefully they can grow up quickly and they can start off pretty hot and uh, continue to mature. Yeah, now that that'll be interesting to see. You you mentioned the uh, the Giants and. You know, if you're a football fan and definitely the NFL, you know that NFC East is always competitive. So, and the Giants the last couple of years, you know, they, they always play the, the Cowboys tough. And, um, you know, that whole division plays tough. So, be curious to see how that plays. Is Skandrick still with you guys? Yeah, Skandrick's still with us. That's my boy from Boise State, man. Yeah, Skandrick's still there. Yeah, I like I like, I like like uh, Orlando. I think he's pretty good. He had a couple injuries um that hurt him but I think I think uh I think he's pretty good so we'll see man yeah you're right the Giants definitely did reload um uh I forgot who they brought in over there the receiver but um they they definitely reloaded and and you know obviously I think Odell is a top tier wide receiver um if he can keep his emotions intact and not hurt his team uh but yeah that that the NFC East will definitely be something to uh, looking to as it is always. I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, man. I was uh, talking to, Woo! talking to my buddy Jay Kim, 
uh, just telling them uh, from the sports takeovers, telling them I was a Jags fan. And you don't see a whole lot of us, at, you know, being from North Carolina, the Jack, Jacks, the Jaguars and the Panthers, you know, came into the league in 95. So right, one of them things where I just kind of picked the team, although Carolina was, you know, uh, probably like an hour 15 down the road um, for where I am. I just like, oh, I like the Jags. And, you know, when, you know, when we first came out, we, we won too bad. You know, Mark Brunel and Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardale, we had Fred Taylor. We had a solid uh, defensive back. Uh, Rasheen Mathis was a top-tier defensive back for about five to eight years. I mean, we was pretty solid, man. And then we made the playoffs a couple times. We had Byron Leftwich. We had David Garrod. And Jones Drew had a couple productive years. And, boy, I tell you, it just went downhill, man. Jacksonville had been good <laughs> in a long time. And uh, our conference isn't really that dominant either, though. Now, now Houston's gotten a lot better. Um, and the Colts, you know, they've pretty much dominated, obviously, when Peyton was there, that conference for the most part. But, you know, with the newer teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee, and neither one, I mean, Tennessee, other than when they went to the to the Super Bowl. But, you know, the, you know, we don't produce a whole lot, you know. Uh, you know, uh, we don't have two and three teams, obviously, going into the play outside of that conference. So, uh, or in that division more so, Um so we'll we'll see, man. We had a hiccup, man. We 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 uh, drafted Blaine Gabbert, man, and he, boy, I tell you, he was tough. <laughs> he he was tough for a long time, and it, it just amazed me that he actually went to San Fran and actually played. I'm like, they got he he's playing like he and he won some games too. I mean, he he couldn't he couldn't even sit in the pocket and and throw a a dig without falling or throwing an interception, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So when people talk about, you know, quarterbacks in the league and, you know, there's some quarterbacks in the league that probably, you know, uh, Kaepernick might be able to play over, Yeah, hey, I agree. You know, Blaine's probably one of them, you know. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm a Jags fan, man. I've been rocking with them. I'm not the one to switch teams. So, you know, I like football and – I've always been a Broncos fan too, uh, just because of Champ Bailey. I, I'm, I played cornerback in high school and in college, so um, I've always been a Champ Bailey fan. He was always a really good corner, big Dion fan as well. So I kind of navigated like I like the Broncos because of Champ, kind of thing. One of those things, but right, we, right. We got a pretty promising quarterback, man. Um, B- B- Blake, Blake, he's not that bad, and we got a pretty good duo at wide receiver. We can get him the ball. Um, and Hearns and uh, my boy, um, I can't think of his name either. But we we had a pretty good de- uh, duo uh, two years ago. They they did okay, Robinson, Allen Robinson. Sorry, but they right. did okay last year. But they they definitely weren't nowhere near as productive as they were. Uh, I mean, the year before as they were last year. Allen Robinson actually made a Pro Bowl two years ago too. So um, I mean, Blake was I mean, Blake was Blake was throwing that rock. You know we kind of crazy because we was actually able to throw the ball and you know nfl you know it's all about uh plays you know just like in any league you know well nfl anyway you know it's a couple plays during the game that can determine the game you know whether that be interceptions kickoff returns you know big touchdowns whatever the case it's only about eight to ten plays that determine the game overall anyway so we just really you know we had trouble scoring and defense was okay for a while but um We'll see how we do, man. I got a report that a uh, quarterback had a pretty good start to the training camp, but again, it's just training camp, so <laughs> we'll see what the well. Uh, 
when the season See, Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Tyrone. The, the thing with the Jaguars, and it's funny that you bring them up because I actually was listening to, to the Say What You Like podcast with Phil, so Say What You Feel here on Anchor, and there's a lot of guys talking anyways. He did like a throwback Thursday talking about like the best team, and he was talking about the 96 Jags. And it's funny you mention them because that's back when I was like, you know, eight years old when the Jaguars and the Panthers came in as the expansion teams. And I actually commented on a station because I used to root for them because their helmets were cool. And right. uh, I would play with them. <laughs> I would play with them on Madden 95 because on Madden 95, you could put a cheat code on the Sega Genesis to get the Jaguars and the Panthers. Anyways, I used to play with them because their helmets were so rad. Anyways, yeah, they were a good team, man. Like, that franchise has had some ups that people don't even really think about just because of the, right. you know, the, the stuff that's happened in the last couple of years. But you guys are promising. Like, every year you're like my sleeper pick. And it just hasn't happened yet. But I think with the coaching change, um, I think you guys have something this year, man. I'm really actually excited about the Jags. We'll see, man. I, I definitely uh, I definitely won't be tooting the horn too much until we start actually winning. And we're actually <laughs> we lost a lot of close games last year too, man, like a, some real close games, man. And, you know, you, you got to be able to play four quarters, you know, and put everything together to win in the NFL and just in general – because, you know, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, somebody could be off their game. It could be a D lineman or, you know, or a cornerback, miss a, you know, route or, you know, whatever the case, you know, any given Sunday. And you just got to be able to hold on, um, hold on and win, man. You got to play full quarter. So I'm really excited about the uh, the NFL, man, um, the upcoming this year. Uh, I, I am a Carolina fan just because it's the home state and, um, they had a real good year two years ago. Obviously, made it to the Super Bowl last year. wasn't too hot, um, but curious to see how they do this year, man. Um, you know, Cam and they picked up, um, they they drafted uh, McCaffrey. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. And I'm, I'm I'm upset they let go of Ted again because I just thought Ted was just such a deep threat. You know, he he'll drop a few, but he'll also get behind the defense. Right. He'll catch, he'll catch a. He'll he'll give you one, you know. He'll give you one or two, every you know every one or two weeks. So um, I don't know what they did there, but who knows? So we'll definitely see um, how the NFL season plays out, man. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Every year is the best time of the year for any football fans. Like coming up on the preseason. Yeah, I'm I'm getting more than jacked, man. Yeah, good deal, good deal. So. I'm going to jump over here to uh, this big fight, man. Uh, August 26th, I believe it is. Uh, Connor and uh, Floyd, man. Do you, do, does Connor have a shot, man? Does he have a shot? Are you a big – are you a boxing fan? Okay. This is this is the topic that I love to discuss because, yes, I am a boxing fan, Tyrone. I actually fought for three years, uh, boxed for Golden Gloves here in the state of Idaho. Uh, had some good good matches back in the day. I love the sport of boxing, but I'm also a fan of MMA because I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for eight years. So like I love, I just love the combat sports. It's an art. Both of them are art. They're like they're a form of art, and it's amazing. So here's the thing, though. Conor McGregor has a chance. Is it, is it slim? Yes, but I believe he has a chance. And the reason why he has a chance is because people don't realize that in the sport of boxing, you're in a ring, and it's just you know it's a square. And it's a shape, and it's all about angles. And when you're at, when you have experience in the sport, you understand that like the whole point is to cut off the ring and make it as easy as possible on yourself, and take the angles to pin them into a corner and everything. Well, Conor McGregor comes from a background where obviously they're fighting in, in an octagon, 
So it's very difficult in an octagon to get angles on a fighter because it's not just a square that backs into a corner. It's very difficult. Right. There's, it's a whole different aspect. I think McGregor is so used to, to his footwork and trying to get different angles on guys. I think he had the best footwork of anybody in MMA besides John Jones. His footwork is incredible. I think he has a shot to, to confuse him, and then he can punch from any angle. It doesn't matter. He can fight southpaw. He can fight traditional. It doesn't matter. He can hit you from any angle, which Floyd is not used to dealing with. Floyd's used to dealing with a straight-up stand-up boxer who comes at you, hits you with a one, two, three, four, or a five, right? And he's not used to these punches coming from different angles, jumping like a Superman-style punch. I, I think it could throw off Mayweather. We'll see what actually happens, but I think, uh, I think it could happen. Right, so I'm 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 like you, like so as as I look at, it, I'm like you got a MMA fighter and Conor McGregor, and he's fighting Floyd Mayweather, right? So you got Floyd Mayweather, which is arguably, you know, the best pound for pound, if not, you know, defensive tactic mind. Like he, it's an art, like you said, right? So, like, how is he gonna hit Floyd? Like Floyd is the 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 best at basically, you know, hitting people without getting hit, right? You know, anybody, right? He's, he's so quick defensively. He's so good. He's a boxer. And, you know, I get in get into arguments and conversations with people like, well, Floyd's fights are boring. Well, Floyd is a great fighter. Like, he's you know, he's not known for knocking people out. That is what boxing is, being able to get not get hit but hit your opponent. So I love it because Floyd, you know, rarely gets hit, you know. Um, right. But like I said, you know, with 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 Conor McGregor, and they, you know, they say he has that that punching power. He and if he hits you, you know, you can go. What I as it gets closer and closer to the fight, I think Conor mentally, his mindset may be doing something out of the ordinary. Again, you know, with it being a square, maybe jumping up or doing a flip or something, and then just kind of, you know, left right and you know something crazy that I might throw Floyd off. That like like what is he doing you know and if and if, if he catches Floyd in one of those moments as far as you know hey what are you doing Connor then potentially potentially if Connor's hand left or right if he hits you knocks you out I think that'll definitely uh, that'll be that'll be a bad deal for Floyd I'll tell you that but um, it's hard to bet against somebody that has never lost man and I and I say that about all of Floyd's fight you know whoever he's fighting the last couple anyway. You know, well, Floyd going to win this one. Is Floyd going to win this one? I'm like, he ain't never lost. And I understand <laughs> that, you know, you know, you can't win them all, but he's never lost. And he's the practitioner at basically not getting hit. Like, defensively, he's that good, you know, and he's quick, you know, and he's a boxer. So you bring in all of that as far as, you know, Floyd's been doing it for years. He grew up in it. You know, Connor probably has been doing MMA for years. There's no way Connor's going to be able to connect going there with gloves that are a little bit bigger and, you know, actually box Floyd. No, he's not going to do that. But if Floyd do something crazy where he, you know, does a flip or, you know, like you said, jumps up and punches and Floyd like, yo, you know, something out of the ordinary, I think potentially he could possibly, possibly, it's a big possible, big, big question mark, um, he could hit him. But that's clearly – um we clearly got to see that, you know, for it to happen. So, I think, um, I think, what the, the, it's a hundred dollars, um, a hundred dollars for uh, the ticket. So, I'm curious to see, um, you know, how, how that's going to play out. And I don't know if me and a couple of buddies going to go in or not, but I definitely want to see it. I think a lot of people want to see it anyway. So, 
Oh, heck yeah, man. I'm totally putting money in to watch it, even though I get pissed at the whole hype and everything. I'm right. putting the money in. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm I'm definitely excited about that, man. So um, so you said you went you went the you went to Boise, right? You graduated from Boise, right? Correct. Right. So I assume you followed them pretty good. Anybody else in college that you like, man? Um, Absolutely, man. I'm a Buckeye fan. Ohio State all the way, baby, all the way. Okay. They had a pretty good pretty good year last year. Um, um, I think what was it the quarterback got hurt? It was a quarterback controversy and. Um, I'll tell you one thing, man. I'm a big fan of uh, the head coach over there, man. Um, Urban Meyer. Love Urban Meyer, man. I love, you know, and I, it obviously came from he was in Florida. But, man, he's a good coach, man. Damn, he's a good coach, man. I I, 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 I actually have had conversations and arguments with, you know, some of the buddies, like, who are you going to pick, Mer- uh, Urban or, or Nick? You know, um, Urban's a good, good coach, man. Ur- Urban's a real good coach, man. Oh, yeah. Meyer's a stud, and I've been following him since his days at U of U, like in Utah, because that was a little closer to us. And Yeah, man, he's won everywhere he's gone. I mean, he got Alex Smith, crying out loud, to be the number one pick in the NFL. Like, he he built him into a, you know, like a stellar quarterback when he was at U of U. So, like, I mean, if we look at his pedigree, I mean, he's he's good. And if, uh, I mean, if you're going to compare him to Saban, they're, they're both very, very good coaches who have seen success with multiple programs. But, uh, I don't know, I just think – Urban's probably a guy you want to play for more so. Like he's more of a likable guy, I should say. Just it appears that way. I don't know what it's like behind the scenes, but it, it, it definitely looks like he's more of a players' coach than, uh, you know, than than, um, than than Nick. You know, Nick, Nick, Nick in uh, Alabama. That you know they got a system down there. They got a program. You know, you know they're gonna have a ton of first rounders going into the league um, after the season is over. They're gonna always be dominant, man. They're gonna they're gonna always be dominant as they always are uh, and i did a little segment based on you know acc versus um sec you know which conference is better now i'm more of a um again so i'm I'm in north carolina so acc is all around us i grew up like in florida state um my brother me and my brother we we both grew both grew up like in florida state again i'm a huge Deion sanders fan man i like yeah all, all all florida state man so um, I like them. I actually wanted to go to Clemson just because one of those things they, you know, the Clemson Tigers. They just like, man, the Clemson looked real nice to go, you know, nice school. Um, and we got North Carolina, obviously, right here, and you got NC State. It's funny, man. Um, a lot of, you know, obviously being in the ACC or the ACC country, more so. I'm, I'm a Florida State fan. Um, I love the the Florida State uh, versus you know Miami and Florida. We me and my brother used to always say, you know, that state itself, they have so much talent. It's crazy, man, because we would have top-tier athletes, five, four-star athletes, and they wouldn't even go to the schools in North Carolina. They would go, you know, uh, to another – they would go to Georgia or, you know, uh, or Florida. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, Chris uh, Chris Leak, he actually went to a school in Charlotte, and he went to play in Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina, he went to play in Florida. So it seems like – Football is hard, or it has been for a while, to keep talent within the city. I mean, within the state, just because the schools, the schools around us, you know, Georgia, and you know, even the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks are usually really good as well. Those states, um, Georgia, South Carolina, um, you know, you got Clemson and and the Gamecocks, USC, right there in South Carolina, which are huge. Um, you know, got an SEC and an ACC team. 
Um, meaning, you know, go right one state down. You know, you got Georgia and another state. You got, all, you know, Florida and you got Alabama. So I'm a big ACC fan, man. Obviously, I'm a huge Carolina basketball fan, and it's crazy, but a, 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 a FSU football fan, man. Um, Warwick Dunn. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, Warwick Dunn. You know, all them guys, man. I was, Antonio Cromartie was one of my favorite players uh, coming up. You know, he was – a great corner, uh, tall, long corner. He used to run back kickoffs and everything. So um, he actually did pretty well in the league as well, too. Um, oh, yeah. He was really yeah. successful. Right. Being one of those tall corners. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing my man Dalvin Cook this year. I don't know if you followed him, but Dalvin Cook was a monster, man. He he um, he played with he played running back for uh, Florida State. He oh, played yeah. with Jameis Winston. And uh, that national championship game when Jameis won, he he's he's good, man. He he is good. I'm telling you right now, Tyrone. This is actually God's honest truth right now. I told uh, I can't remember which podcast I called into. I, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, I was talking with some of the guys, saying who's your who's your best running back, the rookie running back. I said, dude, you guys don't sleep on Dalvin Cook. Everyone's talking about you know Fournette, who I also think will do well. A lot of running backs that came out of the draft. But I am telling you right now, I am high on Dalvin Cook because I watched him quite a bit. I follow Florida State. Like, I'm from Boise, but I follow the big schools because, you know, I like Ohio State. i got to see who we're playing and everything, you know. So, I like – I follow the big schools. And, uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook's one of my favorite – like, he's a very versatile athlete. He can catch the right. ball out of the backfield, and I think that's huge in the NFL. Like, you need to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, and he can. So, that means he's going he's gonna to add that additional threat to it. Linebacker or safety is going to have to pick him up and keep an eye on him, which opens up the backfield. Like, it's it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. I think Dalvin Cook's a stud, man. Yeah, he, he's so explosive, too. Like, you know, you got those backs that just have, like, like game-time speed. Like, he – Dalvin has, like, game-time speed. It just seems like he just gets better. And he's fast. And I, I imagine he probably put a little, little bit more weight on, which would slow him down. But he he's quick, you know, been able to catch the ball out of the backfield, you know, turn a screen in a 60 yards – you know, whatever the case, you know, he he's definitely – I think he'd definitely be a, a sleeper. And, yeah, yeah, you're right, Fournette. And, you know, we actually uh, – you know, I'm curious to see how he's going to do, obviously, Fournette. Um, right. But, but, yeah, most definitely, man. I, I definitely can't wait to see how the, the, the uh, rookies, rookies are going to play this year um, in the NFL. So, def, definitely looking forward to that. I actually um, – uh, Ohio State. I forgot the quarterback that uh, who's the third string quarterback. Was it Cordell? What was it? Was it Cordell? Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones, who's just got yeah. traded to the Chargers. <laughs> okay. That was crazy. I mean, two quarterbacks went down. Right? I think it was a JT Barrett. Was it and uh, Braxton Miller, and then JT Barrett last game of the year against Michigan breaks his ankle or his leg, whatever, and yeah, had to bring in Cardell for the playoffs and the, the Big Ten championship and everything. Man, that was just nuts. He balled right. I'm like, golly, that's the third string. Like, he could be somewhere starting. So, I was uh, – I don't know why I just thought about that, but I I, I enjoyed that. Um, that that was the year they won the national championship, right? That is correct, man. Yeah. Beat out Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, took out Alabama in the first game of the college football playoff, and then took down Oregon. Right, yep, yep. That was that. That was the year Jameis lost, Jameis lost to uh, – uh, Mariota, Mariota. Yeah, that was a really bad game for y'all, man. That was yeah. that was yeah. pretty brutal. Tur- turnover, he- turnover, crazy, man. It was turnover crazy. But they had won it the year before, but um, but it was right. definitely uh, 
turnover crazy, man. Well, that's what's up, Shane, man. I was glad I was able to um, get you on the line, man, and be able to chop it up about some things, man. I'm looking forward to the, the NFL season, obviously, and the Super Trades and, the you know, what's going on in the NBA and, you know, how things will play out, man, um, and so much. So I'll definitely, man, be keeping in touch, man, and I'll maybe we can get up and maybe, you know, me get on your show and you get on mine on your personal podcast. I know you got something releasing tomorrow, right? Absolutely, man. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow I'm talking about club basketball. Um, I got a, a guest that joined the show. So if anybody wants to listen in, go on to iTunes and search for the Game Time Guru uh, with Shane Larson. I have 18 episodes. Tomorrow's my 19th. So, yeah, every Friday I'll be publishing a new episode. If you want to join in and listen to it and subscribe, go for it. But, yeah, Tyrone, I'm, like, I'm excited about it, man. Let's uh, keep in touch, and I'm glad you brought me onto the show today. No doubt, man. No doubt, man. So there you have it, good people. You got my man Shane Larson from the Game Time Guru, man. Go check out his anchor station as well as his show on iTunes um, as well. So, man, appreciate appreciate you, Shane, man. Let's do it again. And uh, looking forward to having and having you on the show later on, man. Yeah, for sure, Tyrone. We'll talk soon, man. Okay, no doubt, man. Later.